football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports you're welcome back so you join us as the World Cup final has come to the most extraordinary conclusion very happy to say Keith Tracy has stayed here in studio Pat Nevin is going to join us in just a moment 1978 in Argentina, 1986 in Mexico and now 2022 in Qatar. Argentina and not France have a third star on the jersey and it has happened in the most dramatic circumstances. We'll pick our way through it in just a moment. Uh, This is all about Messi ultimately in so many ways. He has retired from international football on several occasions. One retirement was kept away from the public at the time. It was an international career as glorious as he was which played out in the shadow of Diego Maradona. World Cup final defeat in 2014. It was an international career. It seemed destined to end in something of an anticlimax. And now right at the end, at 35 years of age, Copa America and now the World Cup. Destiny, uh, whatever, (laughs) whatever way you want to frame it, but probably the greatest footballer most of us have ever seen. Uh, certainly top one, two, three, that's for sure, uh, regardless of your persuasion. Uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, has won the World Cup, a crowning moment for him. He scored twice in this final as well, we should add, twice in the final and put away his penalty first in the penalty shootout. And the scenes are as delirious and tearful and surreal as you might imagine. Uh, Keith Tracy, like I said, alongside me in studio. Pat Nevin, I think you're there as well. Good evening to you. I, I am here. I hope the sound's okay. Does the sound okay to you? Sound is just fine. Sound is just fine. We'll pick our way through the game in just a moment, but the, the big picture, first of all, Argentina, third World Cup, Messi, like I said, after a career which uh, threatened to end in something of an anticlimax, it's now the most crowning moment he could have imagined. Yeah, and actually, when you watched him afterwards, he looked in disbelief as well. I mean, he couldn't believe what he'd just gone through. And considering all the things that he's gone through in his career and the genius that he's had and the goals that he's scored, to walk out at the end of this, for all the things that happened today, I mean, his penalty in the, the penalty show was absolutely extraordinary. I mean, unbelievable, the calmness at that point in time to do that. Remember, he's missed plenty of penalties in his time. Um, but it, you could see that it was just beginning to sink in with him that everything that he's wanted, everything that his country wanted for him, everything that so many people in the world wanted for him had just come true. And, of course, it was within seconds of not coming true. I mean, those chances at the end of the game, etc. It, it was extraordinary. Let's try and slightly draw a line under the first 80 minutes of the game, particularly if you're French, they were rank. But the rest of it, it just exploded into the most brilliant final. We were watching Keith, as I'm sure everyone was, when... Montiel, Gonzalo Montiel, never have so many people in the world said Gonzalo Montiel as today. When he kicked the winning penalty, and invariably, usually, everybody would sprint towards the winning penalty kick taker, the majority of the team just collapsed on Messi. It's, uh, on paper, you'll say it's not a healthy thing yeah. for everything to be about one player, and yet, over the last 18 months, it seems to have almost worked for Argentina. It has. Like, I know we always put Messi and Ronaldo into the same bracket. And when you look at the Portuguese with Ronaldo, it looks like Ronaldo wanted to win it for him. It didn't look like the Portuguese players were as strongly behind him as the Argentinian players are behind Messi. And you see, 
everybody wanted Messi to win it. You, you, see, you hear the Argentinian manager speaking about it beforehand, saying we want to win it for Messi, we want to prove he's the best of all time. And to be fair for me, look, I, I, I managed to see Messi up close. I managed to play against Ronaldo. And for me, even if Messi had a loss, it's finally still the best of all time. The way he can manipulate the ball and make people look really, really silly. And the goal he scored against Croatia when he, when he turned Guardiola inside out. Guardiola, for me, is one of the defenders of the tournament. But Messi made him look really, really silly at times. And look, he, I know he walks around a lot, but he's a luxury player. He really is. And for me... He's been the difference because Argentina, for me, if you t- if you pluck Messi out of that, I think they, they start to unravel. They're not a one-man team, but he's the talisman, he's the leader, he's the one who gets things done for them. And Yeah, look, it, I, I think it just had an air of destiny about it because on paper, I think France had a better team. My head was telling me France the whole game. My heart was saying Argentina. and Yeah, it just had that air of destiny about it. Pat, this Argentinian team... We might just chart what they've done at this World Cup of Touch because they arrived on the back of their 36-game unbeaten run. They'd won the Copa America and they started disastrously with that defeat to Saudi Arabia. And I would say, and and this is the question, and you can agree or disagree or give us your version, it seemed initially like things weren't looking good. Then they looked like a very, very average side with Messi in the middle. And then I would have said this afternoon and, and to an extent in the semi-final as well, lots of the other players, their midfield three today and Di Maria and others came to the fore and I started thinking, well, actually, they're now not just Messi. They're actually a very good team all over. And then they almost threw the thing away and then they won it back several times over and I don't quite know what to make of them. Would you regard them as a great team? Um, I don't know if I do. I agree completely that without Messi, they, they don't look like a team that could win the World Cup. They absolutely need him. But hey, so have many good teams over the years that have had a great player in, at, at the core of it. Um, no, I, when I, the last time when I saw them, it was, uh, you know, when they put them to Australia, I think, was it. Uh, and they didn't look great. You know, they looked okay. Messi was doing the extra special things now and again. Um, but I just, they didn't look to me like a team that was going to win the World Cup. Absolutely. So I would agree with that. And even in the stadium with the fans behind them and, and it's like a home game for them, mm. I still thought, no, you're not the best team here. Um, but they've kept on, as you say, growing. Do you know one of the things that really jumped out today? Their passion compared to the French lack of passion for large parts of that game. You know, yes, the French did turn it on in the end when they got a little bit of a break, they got a bit of a belief. But they, it was as if they needed that penalty to get them into the game before they decided, all right, we can go and play it now. Now, there might be other things going on. But there may well be that virus going around. And I, I had the virus, by the way, and it would knock you for six, I'll be honest with you. What is this, Pat? Is this to do with the air conditioning? Because we're hearing a lot of people not feeling their best. Uh, a lot of people are making excuses. The air conditioning is almost certainly COVID. Um, <laughs> okay, so you think it's, you think it's COVID, frankly? I think there's, there's there's certainly a good number. There's COVID going around in, in a big way there as well. But, you know, there are a number of things. It's not the air conditioning. That's a nonsense. Okay. And that's are, are, are we plummeting for air conditioning? Because if COVID was announced, then World Cup games will be stopped all over the shop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they wouldn't necessarily because they've changed all the rules now. But um, I don't think anyone wanted to do on up to it. So okay. uh, I think that may well have been part of the, the problem that's going on. Now, it may well have been that's the reason why you weren't get that passion from the French. But the passion for every single tackle, every single chase down, every single time they went down the road about, all that sort of stuff. Look, the Argentinians had the passion. It grew and grew and grew. And I'd like to take you back to that comment you made before about, you know, the manager and the players saying we're doing it for Messi, which is usually a complete BS line. It usually is. It isn't. 
It's not this time. No. I've talked to the amount of people I've talked to, the Argentinians, every one of the journalists, they all say, no, these players want to win it for themselves, yeah, but it's actually secondary. It means so much to them for their country, for what he has been for their country, and, of course, the comparisons with Diego, that they, they, they needed it for him. They desperately wanted it for him. So, yeah, see, when they ran over at him, for once, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm like? I'm not big on the superstar stuff. You know, it's a team game. But, no, they, that was the right thing. It was. They'd done it for him, and he drew them through, and he pulled them through when he needed to. Let's pick our way through this game of touch then. Initially, <laughs> I suspect people thought, oh, France are nervous here. And then as the trends continued, we started thinking about the virus or some issue with them. And in Xander Fernandez, who is 21 years of age in midfield with DePaul and McAllister, and then with Di Maria, Alvarez and Messi ahead of them, completely dominated the game. Rabio injured in the semi-final. Uh, Chouameni doing his best, but again, looked leggy. Griezmann taken off. The, I mean, this this was almost potentially player of the tournament or one of the contenders taken off in 70 minutes. The first 70 minutes, 75 minutes, uh, completely Argentina. On 62 minutes, they had 14 attempts on goal on and off target. France didn't have a single effort on or off target. I jotted down, it was the 67th minute before there were some signs of French life. You might remember Griezmann put in one brilliant cross on 67 minutes. That was almost the first moment. And then Griezmann and Hernandez, Teo Hernandez, taken off on 71 minutes. Camavinga came on. Kingsley Coleman came on. So that was around 70 minutes when Coleman and Camavinga came on and, and the tide started to turn. But, but give us your version, Keith, of what was going on in that first 70 because it was uh, like as, as much of a demolition job as you get in the World Cup final. Yeah, and look, you, I was looking at it, and for the four seventy minutes, as you said, the, the French they just were not at the races, and it wasn't a it wasn't a display where you think, uh, you know, they're not trapping the ball properly. It's 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 a football an issue. For me, it wasn't a football an issue. It was work rate. It was desire. When you look at McAllister, I'd love to see the running stats of McAllister versus the Griezmann, Rabio, uh, Tuchemani. Griezmann for me I know just question marks over the viruses I'm, I'm not sure who exactly is struggling Varane come off towards the very end Griezmann Giroud Griezmann has been influ- really really influential in the World Cup for the French he, he's, he's so so important to Deschamps so to take him off you would think there's something wrong with him maybe he's not feeling the best Giroud you know they just didn't utilise his his talents whatsoever and when Charam come on in front they started going a little bit longer they got they started winning second balls and they, I just so many of them were not at their Theo Hernandez at left back for the first 20 minutes he was absolutely off Can I ask you about the left hand side so that's always an area of focus with France for obvious reasons it seemed to my far less educated eye Hernandez would get the ball DePaul sprints out to him closes him Molina is tied to Mbappe and the likes of Chouameni or Griezmann are nowhere in the vicinity and France just looked completely stagnant rigid on that left hand side and couldn't go anywhere yeah, well, look, I, I, I get that. Hernandez didn't have a lot of options on the ball because Mbappe was standing quite still. They were quite static. But if Argentina are going to go and pressure that high, yeah. just chip the ball over the top of them and, and let tell him run Mbappe in. to go and run after. Yeah. And then like, it, doesn't, you don't have to go, it doesn't have to be a completed pass, but eventually the Argentinians will say, what's the point of me closing them down? He's just going to chip it over my head. And when they do that, that's when you start picking your holes. It's like the French were forcing it. But like I say, look, these are footballing reasons. But for me... The walk rate in the first right. 70 minutes was a million miles off compared to the compared to the Argentinians. Pat, the two Argentinian goals in that first half, uh, Di Maria dived for the first, I think we can say, and then the second goal, a work of art. You can expand on both. Well, to be honest, I'm, oh, this is going to hurt me to say this. I'm not sure. He dived, but it was a penalty. 
it actually did. There was a clip on the back of his leg that flicked his leg onto his other leg, and that's why he went down. He made the most of it, absolutely. And I'm not the biggest fan of you know, Di Maria because he does throw himself to the ground at every possible opportunity. But on this occasion, he got in front of the defender, it's up to the defender, he get out of your way. Fair and enough. He didn't, and it was clipped. And so, actually, we should say... Dembele's first effort at the challenge in Di Maria was very poor. I mean, he, like he just dived in and let Di Maria go by him, Pat. For, forwards tackle, just a forwards tackle. Yeah. We, we all know that, the rubbish at it. Or a lot of them are rubbish at it. But the second one, I don't know if Keith felt the same way. Do you know when the ball was played up just to, you know, before Messi played the ball? Uh, it's about three, three passes back. I'm actually shouting goal. It's that far back because you can see the way it's developing. You think, uh, if you play these three passes, you have now got a massive, gigantic overlap and you should make this work. And it's just all about, I mean, in, honestly, before I go over the halfway line, I'm thinking, this is a goal. But you got to get every single bit of it spot on. And it did. It was it was a thing of absolute beauty. You know, and you could, it was almost written in the stars, that goal. And it was lovely to see. And every single pass was perfect. Um, the last one, I mean, Messi's was lovely. The movement and the timing of the passes was great. The last one's the, t- the tough one. That's the tough one. Yeah. Because you're thinking, is Lloris going to gamble? Is he going to come out here and see if he can get the, the interception as it's going to cross the course? But I've actually, such a bore I am, I froze it. <laughs> I went back and froze it to make sure that Lloris couldn't gamble. And actually he can't. He, he can't okay. gamble at that point in time. It was McAllister, um, I think, with that brilliant last pass, Pat, was it? Yeah, it's, and it's, it's and it's beautifully done because he was just about to be hit. You know, defender. I think it may have been. Um, I'm trying to think, it wasn't Varane. So you know, when defenders come back, and he was going to get him right. And I thought, right, Upper Meccano. I think it may have been. Anyway, whoever it was was just about to get him, so he had to time it perfectly. But also, when I froze it, I realised no, Larice, you can't come because you'll leave the near post free. So everything had to be perfect. But I just thought in the build up to. It, I think it will be because you've got the players to do it. Now it was a, a beautiful, beautiful goal. Yeah. Um, and it's you know at that point in time they were out of sight. I, I, I'm sure about both of you and everyone watching. I absolutely couldn't see France getting back. I couldn't see a sniff of it. No, I think we were all no thinking, what a pity that this World Cup final is going to be such a dud of a contest. You, Keith, made the point that. Well, we suspect, I mean, who knows, but that when Deschamps had put in his team sheet with Jules Koundé at right back and then he got a look at Di Maria on the Argentinian team sheet, he must have thought, uh-oh. Yeah, look, as a winger myself, you know, Koundé is a centre-half. He's a very, very good centre-half. He can be exposed with his pace and when when you see that match-up Di Maria against Koundé, Koundé is only 24, Di Maria is a little bit older in the tooth and personally myself I thought Di Maria had lost that yard to get away from people from what I'd seen in this tournament so far when I know he's been plagued with a few injuries but he was outstanding and he, he hugged that touchline all day long for the, the 70 odd minutes he was on and when he got Kunde 1v1 he just roasted him to pieces and when the, the, the Dembele one is so so poor because Di Maria he, he's shaping to, to cross the ball into the box Look, Alvarez and Messi were probably the two in the box and even if McAllister's making the run into the box they're not big lads so the lesser of two evils is to let him put that ball into the box and, and defend it from there you can't let him come inside after he lets him come inside you can't go and touch him in the box it's, no. it's a mistake compounded by another mistake he's, beg- can't he's happen. begging you to touch him from behind there exactly. you just put your hands up you say I've been beaten if he goes and sticks her in the top corner you just you can't give the penalty away it's really really poor wing play and 
Yeah, look, I, I just think, again, too many of the French were off colour. You know, Mbappe from open play wasn't great. I know he scored a, a great goal from open play, but the other two were penalties. Giroud, Ravio, you know, I know Ravio's been struggling, but yeah, in the middle is where I thought France would, would really win the game with Griezmann, Ravio, and Tuchemendi. I thought they'd they'd dominate in there, but the Paul Fernandez and McAllister just absolutely ran all over them. Pat Deschamps made changes early, so he took off Dembele and put on Colomuani, who, who had an impact. Marcus Turam came on for Giroud, and then on 71 minutes, as we said, Griezmann came off, Kingsley Coleman came on, he had a big impact. And Camavinga came on for Teo Hernandez. Camavinga seems to play left back for France. So they were the changes they shot made. And then 80th minute, out of nowhere, the penalty is given. Uh, Mouani won that. And 81 minutes, Mbappe with that volley. Messi dispossessed by Kingsley Coleman. And then, I mean, you might give us a sense, Pat, of the finish, the volley for Mbappe under those circumstances. Pretty extraordinary, no? It's amazing how many of the goals the keepers get a hand to. You know, and some yeah. of the penalties as well. The keepers get a hand. Think you're just gone. You might come back to us. We'll get you again. Pat on the way back. You can pick up the point. Uh, keeper did get a hand to Mbappe's volley. Yeah, he did. Like I said at the time, when when the ball is coming out, I think it's uh, it's it's Charam or Mwani um, who plays it over the top, and it's coming out of the sky over his right shoulder, and you're thinking, is he going to take a touch and then hit it? Because he had time to take a touch. He did have time, but. Either he could he could have manipulated onto his right or his left, but the hit of force time just shows you the confidence that he had. Only just scored a penalty as well, but like I say, for somebody who from open play wasn't really in the game to hit that coming over his shoulder force time, yeah, get the power on it as well because Martinez got a good strong hand in it, but it was the pace that beat him and that was the one outstanding moment that Mbappe provided. As I know, he scored the two penalties, but he didn't see him running past people. He didn't get a chance to ever use his pace and. Argentina just I know uh, Kyle Walker in England done a great job on Mbappe but for me that's probably the best team performance because I know he scored three goals but largely from open play he, he wasn't involved Pat you're back with us you were, we just lost you as you were making the point on the Mbappe second goal that keepers so often have got a hand to shots yeah it's amazing how many times it's happened in the final you know but just can't keep it out because the power's been there positioning's been there um, I was making a point about Koundé you know I, as a winger Keith we feel the same. It was about five or ten minutes gone, and he turned in the box. And honestly, there were super tankers in the Gulf that were turning quicker than him. And I just thought to myself, "Nah, you can't do that." There's certain centre backs you just don't stick out there. So I thought there was always going to be a problem down that side as well. Um, but re- that moment, and Keith, I'm really happy you mentioned that about um, Mbappe. Honestly, because he scored three goals in a, a World Cup final. And, you know, you know you're going to get battled on social media if you say, he actually wasn't that great. Mm. But he wasn't. And it's and two of them are penalties, you know, and they're not necessarily him that's getting the penalties as well. It is one of the strange things that can happen in, in this game where, you know, the goals seem to count more than anything else. I know it's the hardest thing to do, but, um, you know, it, it and was... Did, did, did you feel it was more down to the fact that France as a whole had a complete systems failure or did you just think Mbappe wasn't on his game, Pat? Uh, that's the tricky thing you know because w- before he went central uh, and Giroud went off he actually looked completely disinterested he's just walking about he really was disinterested he wasn't I know he doesn't track back much but there was nothing there there was a little bit more liveliness as if to say I want to be playing up front and I don't think Olivier Giroud, <laughs> Giroud was very happy at that point in time obviously yeah. 
when they get substituted and thinking, well, thank you very much. You know, did you want to go up front all along? Now, we're at supposition of what he was actually thinking. Yeah, because Mbappe's on the record as saying he prefers to play off the left, actually. He likes it there, you know. PSG, he doesn't get to do it. So, you know, he's on the record as saying he prefers being in off the left. So, you know, one man's disinterested could be another man's while he was marked out of the game brilliantly by Argentina. Yeah, and if you're stuck out there, and two things, if you're a white player, if you're marked back in front and the ball's not coming, your team, your midfielders are not serving you with the ball, you can be in the best form of your life. It doesn't matter. You ain't going to have a good game because the ball's not there. Yeah. Right. So you're stuffed, really. And I think he's clever enough player, and intelligent enough player to know he was kind of stuffed. Yeah. Whether he was doing it or not, so he want. I'm sure he wanted at that point to have a little bit more freedom to go centrally. Anyway, neither either way, he still didn't play brilliantly when he went up front. So, but there was a moment. I'm going back to that period of the game I honestly jumped in my mind I wish Morocco would have got through honestly they were, they were, it was that awful and I was that concerned about either something wrong in the spirit of the team or the virus or whatever I'm just thinking they're not even fighting at least the Moroccans would have had a dig at least they would have had a go mm. and I was, I was actually really getting bordering on angry with them but when you look at the players they brought in have a look at the age of them and that kind of makes a difference as well. Kamavinga, he's young. Kulamwani, he's not, he's, not, he's not a young player as well. So is Turam. Youth, energy. And then I thought to myself, actually, was Deschamps sticking with the guys that got them there, even though they maybe didn't have much left in the tank? And, and that might have been it. You know, he took off a, a number of players that were a little bit older, who didn't seem to have any energy at the end of an incredibly hard tournament where some of them had been ill anyway. And it might well have been that was the reason why France got better. We have Gianni Infantino in his suit and uh, naturally enough bright white runners because he's just that kind of cool guy leading the uh, dignitaries out. Macron's there and uh, I presume the Emir of Qatar there. Gianni trying to applaud the crowd uh, as they cut to the crowd. I'm not sure if they're booing or not, but there aren't many applauding back. But uh, there you go. He's shown himself, uh, he's been on television every game he's attended, but his image hasn't been shown in the stadium because he understands precisely what reaction he'll be on the receiving end of. But anyway, that's already given Gianni uh, too much prominence in this discussion. Off the ball. There seems to be more sympathy for Argentina and support for Argentina. And a lot of that has to do with love for Messi's last dance. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Extra time was uh, odd. I mean, like, uh, France super open. I mean, to give away that that goal for uh, for Messi, which looked like the winner before there was yet another penalty. On him... So VAR, it'd be interesting if, if this had been the moment. It's not the moment because of the way things turned out. But if that had been the moment, Messi scoring that goal, I suspect, Keith, lots of people would be making the point, this is how VAR is destroying football. Not that, you know, it, it, but listen, listen, listen. It's again, it's, you come in in a second. I know you're, look, Pat's sponsored by VAR, okay? There's something going on there. Uh, yes, it got the right decision. And so ultimately, I'm in favour of VAR. Me and Pat talk most Mondays. I think we're broadly in favour of VAR. But, 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 this could have been like one of the most iconic moments in football. And yet the Argentinian team and the entire stadium are half celebrating because they're looking over, waiting for a referee. And I, it, it robs something. There is no doubt it robs something. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, when Messi scored, I, I said to you straight away, it's offside. Yeah. And 
I thought the ball through from Messi was offside. Obviously, on the replay, looking back at it, it wasn't. But I think a couple of the Argentinian fans, maybe the supporters, were on the same wavelength as me because it seemed a little bit subdued, the celebration. They weren't sure themselves. And it is... It, look, I, I know we all want the right decisions, the obvious decisions to go the right way, but VAR, for me, it, it just kills the game. And Messi, you want to see him running off. You want to see him jumping into the crowd and celebrating with everybody, but he has that little shadow of doubt in his head. He's and not even sure. The, the players mobbing him were about mobbing him and also looking over at the referee. And like you said, the linesman put his flag up and then put it back down, so he wasn't sure himself. And yeah, it was just... It's not what you want to see. You want to see all that emotion pour out because, like we said, it had this air of destiny for a Messi to, to score the winning goal. It didn't turn out that way in yeah. the end, but it just wasn't as a as emotional as you thought it was going to be. No, it was like, we're just waiting for the inevitable. Now, Pat, you're going to make the obvious point. Didn't they get the right decision as opposed to getting the wrong decision? Right. First of all, the wrong team would have won the World Cup this year then, arguably, because it had... The French then scored their other goal. They won three two. Game over. Yeah. And they would have. We would now have the wrong winners of the World Cup because of VR. We have the right winners of the sure. World Cup. Uh, that, well, that is the inarguable point. So then it's so annoying because you know the the linesman did put his flag up. So he's made made the decision. That's not VAR. That's that's the linesman has made the wrong call. Yeah. So if we wanted to stick by people making the wrong calls, then we stick by people making the wrong calls, and then we would get four years worth of everybody working their socks off to get to this moment. And we, do you know the people, I always say this, the people we decide that can make the decision are the only people that don't have the information to make it. Everyone in that stadium mm. could have made the decision with their phone, everybody on the television screen, everybody watching, and we are going to let the guy or the girl who can't make the decision make a decision that's going to decide the World Cup. And that's why I, I don't love VAR. You can't love VAR. But in that moment, thank the Lord for VR. It's true. I think in a perfect future, we'll have some system whereby we know in real time that it's still onside. Like maybe a red light goes off somewhere that lets us know an offside's happened. So it's instantaneous as opposed to what we have now, which is the slight delay where everybody's in limbo. It's the limbo that kills it. If it was straight away, red, red light comes up, then we would know the red light hasn't come up. We're on here and then Messi and everybody would celebrate. So I think we're closer to it now. Probably, yeah. But that, yeah, that thing that they're showing now, you know, it's, it's the kind of first initial sort of version of it. But that's actually going to get, you're going to get intelli- um, artificial intelligence using that now. And also, I, I think we all, or a lot of people certainly missed the comedy of the moment, which I don't know, did you see the kind of, uh, the, the show, the, the freeze they showed of it when they went into the kind of pretend characters and the artificial intelligence? Yes, it was his backside that played him on. <laughs> it was his mm-hmm. huge backside. <laughs> it was a moment of, well, I'll try to explain that one away. Um, but yeah, yeah, look, they got it right. And I think it will be it will be quickened up if they can. But they can't quicken it up completely because sometimes you don't know the precise thing you're looking for. There are sometimes two or three possibilities of things that could go wrong. So I think we've always got a problem of reacting to the celebration. I, I agree with that. And I hate that as well. I'm, I'm with you, but I'd rather have correct than guessing. And that's why ultimately you have to fall back on pro VAR. That bottom line argument is hard to uh, get away from. Enzo Hernandez has just been given young player of the tournament. We've just seen Martinez given a golden glove he's goalkeeper of the tournament watching Mbappe uh, walk onto stage now and uh, Macron had spent uh, quite a few moments uh, consoling Mbappe before the presentation so Mbappe is getting the golden boot 
I mean, Messi has scored his fair share in this tournament, but you forget Mbappe. Uh, you're going back to Jeff Hurst, everyone. The last time we had a hat-trick in a World Cup final and uh, it was Mbappe with three goals as well as he didn't play and two of them are penalties, but still a pretty frightening tournament. Uh, just hasn't... Uh, as Argentina have grown into it, Mbappe's influence maybe has waned as it's gone on. It's silly to say influence waning about three goals in a final, but um, you take the point. Yeah, no, I do. I take the point. But look, if I was Mbappe, I'd be saying, look, the last couple of games, I, I, I wasn't great against England, but Giroud managed to get us a goal and he wasn't great again today. But the thing that I liked about the Argentinians was they just shepherded him into areas where he couldn't use his pace. It's like having a Ferrari in the middle of Temple Bar. You're not going to go anywhere. You've all the power in the world, but you're not going anywhere because Argentina just brought him into, into great places. Then you're asking Mbappe, can you reinvent yourself? Can you get a goal that's not ultimately down to your pace? And Look, he got a great goal from open play, stuck two penalties away, three mm-hmm. overall, which is no easy easy feat. But for me, if you want the title of you know best player or best young player, you look at Messi, although you know there's bits and bobs in the game, he won the he won the ball back a couple of times as well. He had a bit of a walk rate about him, and for Mbappe, you know, I, I think I remember sitting next to Sean Dyche once watching Barcelona play, and he said Messi is the only luxury player on earth. Nobody else gets the the leeway he does, and he was bringing Ronaldo and Mbappe and everybody else into these into this thought. And for me, Mbappe, you know, the World Cup final, I just want to see him run around that little bit more because he, he's a young, fit guy, but he seems to keep all his energy for it, the attacking sense which which I get look but he's not a messy for me not yet so for me I, I'd like to see him exert a little bit more energy out of possession and when was the last time you took your Ferrari to Temple Bar <laughs> long long time the last time <laughs> I was playing football <laughs> and Messi's up on stage alone now I mean it is an extraordinary moment he's just been given the golden ball he is the player of the tournament unlike in 2014 when he won the golden ball he's very deserving of the award and he's joyous and he has kissed the World Cup trophy en route to walking onto the centre stage to hold his Golden Ball award in the air. So, Golden Ball winner Messi, two hands in the air, taking the acclaim of the stadium. I suppose, Pat, we have our misgivings with this tournament uh, for obvious reasons and it's worth mentioning them again in this conversation as it draws to a close. But because of Messi and because of these images, Qatar 2022 takes on an iconic status as well in the same way that 86 does. You know, when you're going through tournaments, like CS is my sixth one that I've been at, and you try and remember all these great moments going through it, and I remember all the things that were really, really special. But in reality, it does come down to moments. It comes down to iconic moments. It comes down to not just a 10-second video or a goal. It's, you know, some certain photographs. And the moments will be messy. It, it won't be everything else that was surrounded in time. That's exactly what it will be. Um, so in, in that way, you could you could argue that you know it has actually worked for Qatar. You don't know if it's going to work for Qatar long term because it's all dependent if people go and visit the place. And I still think I've got a lot to do there because it's a bit boring. Apart from the without a World Cup there, I'm not going there. Trust me. Um, but you know, they, it's going to get a, a lot of positivity because it will be reminded as a great World Cup. Yeah. When time goes by, I'll be honest with you, I sometimes forget where some of them were. It's just, it's actually the games. It's actually that piece of grass. That's the thing that's the deal. Um, and that is the moment that is the deal. You do it when you think about it. You know, your mind really goes back and says, right, oh yeah, that one was Brazil. Yeah, I get that now. But in actual fact, so what if it's Brazil, Qatar, America? It's about what happens in that piece of turf there. And that piece of turf 
in this World Cup will be remembered for Messi. Funny enough, I think it's harder and harder to remember them because uh, FIFA, akin to the Champions League and football generally, are ensuring it's a more homogenous looking football pitch and stadium and all the measurements are the same and the grass the same colour and so Russia looks exactly the same as Qatar and uh, so on and so forth. Like, I, I don't know, USA 94 look different and it's become increasingly homogenous. So I, th- I think that's almost an aspect of the thing as well. Uh, the French team are going up accepting their... I suppose you say losers' medals, which is a dreadful way to, to put it. Their second place medals, uh, I suspect it feels like a loser medal for Lloris and his team. Um, final thoughts: best team have won this World Cup. Keith, is that what we're saying? And 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 or they've, they've grown into it. I think is the way to put it. Yeah, they've definitely grown into it. On paper, Joe, I don't think they're the best team. I think uh, I think even on paper, France, Brazil, maybe even the English are probably better man for man, but. The way they all just seem to know their jobs and they're prepared to suffer out possession because they know that man Messi will come up with the moments. And when you've got so many egos in the team, like Di Maria is an outstanding footballer. He's a superstar in his own right. Alvarez is well on his way to becoming a superstar. McAllister's a big fish at Brighton, so he would have a bit of an ego himself. But they all just parked it and seemed to get behind Messi. And when Messi's with them, he doesn't seem to. It, he doesn't look like he's the big I am. You know, he's very approachable and that. And you see, like, the tears that are there from the Argentinian players are all because they wanted Messi to do it. And look, I think everybody was really behind Messi. And again, it, it just seemed to have that that air of destiny about it. But when people were saying could Argentina win it, I I wasn't sure. Romero, not the Mendy for me, the centre half pair, and aren't good enough. But looked at different different players in a, in an Argentinian short and then they were saying that the the support act to Messi I didn't see McAllister Alvarez I didn't believe he was this good from what I'd seen at Man City which is obviously only bits and bobs Di Maria as I said I thought he was coming over the hill but like I said they've just all got behind Messi and they've they've managed to eke out results it's been workman like rather than mm. class after class after class and Messi's dug them out of a couple of holes as we knew he would but it, like I said, it was the, the centre-half pairing of Romero, not the Mendy, that probably won them in the end. Just seen shots of Deschamps, uh, supposedly had an agreement with the French Football Federation that if France were to reach the last four, he would be staying on for the Euros. Maybe you wonder if the disappointment of this, this, of this evening might change things with Zidane waiting in the wings. We'll see Mbappe uh, getting his runners-up medal now from Emmanuel Macron as we speak. doesn't especially want to put it on, but he's uh, doing it nonetheless. Pat, as a, as a final thought, give us your thoughts on, on Argentina akin to Keith. And also, because this will be a discussion now over the week, to what extent does this have an impact on Messi's standing in the all-time uh, greats discussion? Oh, it helps, his discussion, without a shadow of a doubt, because it was always there, you know. Pelé had won it, Maradona had won it, uh, but Messi hadn't won it. Um, and now, look at it now, Messi's won it when? At this age, at 35? He's not done it all on his own, but it was a massive, in fact, the biggest part of it. So, yeah, it brings him, him further up in the argument. And there is no answer to that argument. Who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? There is no answer to it. It's just preference. Could I ask uh, you, as, as someone who, who uh, you can answer this perfectly, given your experience, were, Messi, were, were, were Argentina in 1986 more dependent on Maradona than Argentina in 2022 were on Messi? I think... Maradona won it on his own. <laughs> right, he really did. Oh my God! Okay, even more so than Messi this time around. Yeah, wow. I think with I mean, not a hope in the world without Maradona. Not a hope. I mean, yeah, it was a Canadian, whatever beside him. But they've had players around him who are not bad players. We're not saying they're rubbish, but they were miles away. 
Okay. Miles and miles and miles away, Maradona. You know, so but that's not to say he's better or worse. You know, just have your own. No, no, no. I was just curious on the dynamic of '86 versus now because I can see in another 30 years people will be saying, "Oh, Messi won that World Cup on his own," and instead of Maradona, I don't remember '86 the way you would. Yeah. No, but it's one of those ones. Yeah, you've got a good team there, but it's him. It's okay. absolutely him and what he did to other players around him, which is to some degree what Mar- uh, Messi did now. And I'm so delighted you can now actually have uh, the same discussion about the, the two of them now. The, the worry if you're Argentinian is, can't see Argentina winning the next World Cup because he won't be there. And that's a big call. But I can see France winning it. Mm-hmm. If you look at the youth they've got coming through just now, um, I think they, they, there's nothing wrong there. There's nothing particularly wrong there. They'll be fine. Do, so do you tend to slightly agree with Keith, and I'll put words in his mouth, that there's almost been a lightning in the bottle aspect to Argentina, this this sense of destiny, the packed out stadiums full of their home fans, things have just fallen their way. But if we were to play this World Cup three more times across the next 12 months, uh, France would likely win two of them. Is that 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 almost where your, your, your head's at? Um, I would disagree. Say, I would say the next 12 days, that would be the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes, we're in complete agreement with it. This World Cup has been so tight and so close that where England holding that, where Brazil holding that, where Argentina, where France holding that, you wouldn't even be mildly surprised. There just wasn't a team that they were that far ahead. It was all in the moments, and, you know, and, and it always is, but... There was no brilliant team that was miles ahead of anyone else. I thought for a wee moment it was Brazil, but it wasn't because they were for a while and then they just fell apart. Um, I think in this campaign, you have to take into account that when it's happened. It's happened in the winter. A lot of players are A, injured, B, wrecked and just not at their best. Um, And you're having to do certain things that are not suited to you. So sometimes it's just, you know, getting people organised behind a ball, that sort of thing, working yourself until you drop and being willing to do that. You know, those sorts of things as opposed to brilliant technique. A lot of players have been playing not fully fit. Neymar wasn't fully fit. I'm not sure Rich Allison was. And it was quite a few others. So the, it was an unusual World Cup for that. But all put together, you just keep on coming back to the same thing. You know, Messi knew when he did it and he did it. Fellas, thank you so much. I'll let you go and enjoy the trophy being lifted. So, uh, Pat, pleasure. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. I've got a Camelie Premier League's back very soon. So, <laughs> I'll talk to you pretty soon. Thanks, Emil. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks. And Keith Tracy, thank you so much for being in here for the afternoon. It was great. Enjoyed it. Uh, our football coverage with thanks to Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports, Argentina, third World Cup. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.